God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. I made the mistake on my Metallica podcast of saying that Nirvana's Nevermind was overrated. That was and the two, the two broskies that I was chatting with, yo, uh, yo. vehemently disagreed, yo, which which is fine. You know what it's like to sit on a bus or sit anywhere with your bubs, and uh, you got some hot takes on music. You and I have shared some here, yeah, I've shared them many privately, yeah. Well, anyway, they disagreed. We went kind of hard in the paint on the subject. The problem was we pushed that out to thousands and thousands of people, almost all of whom believe that I'm wrong. And so it's just been Clint Wells, the punching bag over there the last couple of days, which is fine. I can handle it. But uh, the message, my takeaway was that eh, better just not say anything. Don't tell anyone how you feel about a beloved record. Cause it's not worth it. No, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth all the people being like, I really think you should revisit that record. The hot take, dude. That was the hottest of takes. Ah, boy. It just makes me wonder why I do anything. Why give any gifts to the world? Music is a weird thing, dude, because I got my jam, and then it means the world to me, and then, oh, here are my... Dude, I've been looking for these for a week. These are my you were AirPods. Holding, you were holding Magnum condoms. Okay, For a week, I've been looking for these AirPods. Yeah. And they were sitting right here on the desk the whole time. Sometimes the things that you seek most are right in front of you. That's an ancient proverb that I came up with when I was 36. But it's so weird because there's music that I like so much. And I'll play it for someone and they just look at me like, don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It doesn't even, like, it's so weird. There's, and then I go, I get it because they'll play me something. And I'm like, yeah, uh, dude, you know what I love about you, Clint Wells? You know what I love about you? I love so many things about you, but one of the things I love about you is the fact that you know you're a smart motherfucker, dude, and you know that what you don't do is do this. Hey, let me play you this track by this band that I like. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a very unique situation. All right, here's the deal. Are you high? Are you as high as a planet in outer space and you're 18 <laughs> to 15? Are you 15 to 18? You're high as fuck and you're hanging out with a friend and you freshly masturbated. Now, if that is the answer to that is yes, okay, I'll let it slide. Right, that's the time. Are you a 37-year-old man <laughs> wanting to play your track for me? Of some band, if that's the case, these are the three letters that I like to put back to back. G, N, followed by F, and finally Y. Well, I don't do that. I know you don't, because you're smart. Yeah, I don't. uh, And you get pissed off when people do it to you. (laughs) Not only do I not do it, but I feel like by not doing it, I am entering into and holding up my end of an unspoken deal. 
And then somebody's fucking that deal up. And then when someone's like not repaying the courtesy, I feel like, hey, man, we have a deal. Right. And, you know, there's like, we talk about this like in the van or on the bus. Someone's like, hey, dude, look at this. I'm always like, how long is it before I even look at it? Yeah. And I get it. Guess what the schoolyard tales of Clint Boy are? I guess, you think I don't know? Here are the tale, the, the school tales of me. Oh, do pray tell. Uh, Clint, surly, grumpy, and an asshole probably is what they say. <laughs> but you know what it really is? It's that I don't, suff- I don't suffer fools and I don't suffer bullshit, which I actually think is one of my greatest qualities. And I'm not going to win any popularity contests. But when I look you in the eye and tell you this or that, you know that it's true. You know that it's where I'm coming from and that I'm not trying to play some fucking nice guy game. And I don't like it when people show me stuff, but I never try to show people stuff. And that I feel like that's pretty good. Don't you? Now, you're different because me and you have so much history. If you really want me to check something out, I will because I understand too that... But even there, sh- even you- there, there's a limit because I've done that. We've done that before. <laughs> Where I've sent you a couple of things and you're like, come on, dude. Like after the second one, you're like, dude, <laughs> come on. It what depends. I mean, if if I'm close enough to somebody, I, because I I understand what's happening. What's the what happens is you want to share something you love with someone that you love, and that's, yeah, that's beautiful. That's and I'm how things poo-poo- go viral. And I'm not poo pooing that at all. Right. I'm into it, but yeah, there's a time and place and you got to you got to have an intuition about that that uh, sadly most people don't have. Most people just think that whatever they like and whatever moment they're in is the most important thing and the end. And then you're grumpy for basically being like I don't no thanks. I don't want to watch it. The chances of your musical taste lining up with somebody else's musical taste are about the same as your fingerprints lining up, which is next to zero. By the way, how does that work? How does how do, dude? How do fingerprints work? Really? How does that work? Like I get it now; they have computers, but how does that work back in the day? Well, when you say back in the day, how far back are we going? Pre-compute. <laughs> I guess they would have local community. Dude, they have a dude with a goddamn magnifying glass looking at a goddamn co- fucking. Fingerprint. I don't think they did fingerprints before. Computers. No, they did, dude. They did fingerprints for a long time before computers. And they must have just had like a local. Log. Well, no, what they would do is like we think this is the guy, and so they would just find his fingerprint and then go, "Let's look at his fingerprint and compare the two. They wouldn't like there wasn't a computer database of fingerprints like there is now. Here's the sad thing about that time: you could wrongfully easily be accused of murder. You could also get away with murder. Those were simpler times. Those were simple times, dude. If you really wanted to murder, if you just did it kind of okay, like if you kind of just took care of shit, took care of business in the murder department, you could you could live a long time with, with murder. There's so many serial killers that have never been caught. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. We only know the dumbass ones. That's kind of one of those weird axioms. Like, Another one is if time travel really existed, we would already have met people from the future. So because we have not done that, time travel does not exist even in the future. Or, or, mm-hmm. go on. I don't know. Uh, or they, they here's, what I don't wanna, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to spend, not the rest of the episode, 
Not the next five minutes, not the next 10 seconds thinking about time. I don't want to think about, I don't want to bend my mind into time travel mode. I want to stick with me being pissed off at somebody for sharing a video. That's what I'm, that's, that's the amount of brain activity I want to use in this show. Well, what was happening, and I'm curious to get your perspective because you were of a different age in 1991 when this album came out in question that everyone's so beloved. Here's what all I was saying. I think it's a great album, and I think it has a song that defined a generation. Smells like teen spirit. Right. Oh, yeah, whatever, never mind. Okay, yeah. I just think it's overrated. I think it gets more praise than it's due because I think Kurt Cobain was a tragic character who killed himself. And when he blew his brains out, what also got blown into the cosmos was this idea of Nirvana that has really withheld the years, withstood the years. I think that's fine. I'm not saying that I don't know there are good songs on it, or and I I think calling Smells Like Teen Spirit a generation-defining song is actually being pretty fucking nice about it. I just don't think that the record is as good as all that. I think it's fine, but I think other bands were doing similar things. I don't think Nirvana were Mavericks. They had a whole little class of bands making the same kind of anti-hair metal we just want to wear flannel and be the normal guy on stage that you are. A lot of bands were doing that at the exact same time. Well, here's the deal. Let me, all right, let me just do the math real quick. Let's do some math. The math is easy. So classes in session, Professor Schneider is at the board. He's got the chalk in one hand. He's got the pointing stick in the other. Okay, here's the math. <laughs> there are two types of people. There's the people that like Bruce Springsteen, and then the people that like Tom Waits. The people that like Tom Waits don't, they can appreciate Bruce Springsteen, but they're Tom Waits guys. And then there's people that really love Bruce Springsteen, maybe can appreciate Tom Waits, but definitely think Tom, Bruce Springsteen's better than Tom Waits. Now, the same goes in grunge. In grunge, you have people that love Pearl Jam, and that's the end all, that's the holy grail. And they're not necessarily into Nirvana. And then you've got people that love Nirvana that aren't into Pearl Jam. And that's, there's the math. That's the class. It's easy. It was an easy lesson. Class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, these two guys that were arguing with me, right? they would describe themselves as pretty big Pearl Jam fans, but they just think Nirvana, they were saying things like Nirvana changed culture. They were saying the album Nevermind that has the song Come As You Are on it and smells like teen spirit, a little baby with his little dick hanging out in the pool, the pedophile album. They were saying it changed everything. And I just don't, that's not do you like it or not. That's actually just, well, I was there during that. All right. Ask me if I bought the Nevermind record. Did you buy the Nevermind record? No. Did it change everything? <laughs> All right. Here's my story. I go down to this place called Liberty Lunch here in Austin, Texas. It was used to be on right downtown. It was a small club held about 700 people, packed. 700 people in there means you can't move. And I used to go down there. I had these like cargo, like these cutoff BDUs, which are army pants. And they have these big baggy cargo pockets. And I would keep markers in them, different colored markers. <laughs> and what, what I would do is I would go down to Liberty Lunch because they use different inks. And I would check out the 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 stamp that they would stamp people with at the door and then I would copy it on put it on my own hand and then I would walk in and I would go to shows for free by doing that and I went down there one night and it was the place was so packed there were people at the front door 
which is as far away from the stage as possible. They couldn't get in the door because it was so packed. It was mm-hmm. like, I was going to make a reference about a place that would be packed with a lot of bodies, and I decided not to make the reference. But you can just imagine a place that might be packed with a lot of bodies where people are then, the door is shut, and then the people are in there together. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, because why? Because I'm worth fucking woke. Okay, anyways, so... <laughs> God. So anyways, so I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to this place. This is too packed for beach nits. So cut to the next day. I'm walking down the street because that's what I did back in those days. I didn't drive. I walked because I was doing some drinking back in those days. Mm-hmm. I'm walking past, past this place called Frank's. Frank and Beans. It's called Frank and Beans. It's like a little kind of the eatery that was on the street and they would blast music from it. As I'm walking down the street, I hear this song that stops me in my tracks. And I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? And I run up to the guy at the window and I go, pray tell, sir, what music be this that be blasting from thine speaks? And he tells me, that young sir is a band called Nirvana, and that is a song called Smells Like Teen Spirit. They played last night at Liberty Lunch. Once again, class is dismissed. Not for the semester, but forever. What's the lesson? What's the second lesson? (laughs) The lesson is, yeah, that song fucking floored me, dude. When I heard that song, I was like, oh my God. It was one of the best songs I'd ever heard in my life. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why that song hit me at that level. Then when I saw the video, the video is amazing. I just was floored by that song. Yeah. And I, and, but I, not, and en- that- not enough to go by the record, but the song itself is truly it. And it, it, I was like, Jesus Christ, I missed the opportunity of a lifetime to go see that band. I wish I could go back in time and go back to Liberty Lunch and see that band. Well, that's my thing is like, I, I really have a lot of high praise for that song. I just don't know if, you know, I'm unwilling to make the leap. Meanwhile, cut to me seeing Jeremy spoken on MTV and just going, "Uh uh-uh. There was something about Eddie Vedder. He was too cute. His hair was too too perfect. No, he he just looked too good. His hair was perfect. He, you could tell he was, he knew he was looking good. I mean, granted he was wearing his little grunge costume, but he was all, (laughs) he was like a pretty boy and fucking Nirvana Kirk Hogan was a good-looking guy, but he went out of his way to look like a fucked-up piece of shit. And I'm telling you, dude... Which I don't like that. I See, I don't like that. Dude, that guy was 1,000% rock and roll. He was wearing a fucking sweater. Nobody wore a sweater. Dude, anyways, cut to me. I went, I went, I saw Pearl Jam at Lollapalooza on their first tour. Didn't give a fuck. I did not like it. See, the difference is I'm not saying that Pearl Jam or their first album changed culture. It didn't. I don't think it did either, but I don't think I don't think Nirvana never minded either. I think they have a class. You know what I think actually changed the stupidity of hair metal? My my position was that it was appetite for destruction. Now, they're doing the thing where they're like they want to go down they want to do the boring thing where they name all the hair metal bands after Appetite, which is not what I'm saying. I think Appetite Destruction was the gun with the bullet 
that killed all that shit. Because those guys came from LA, but they were like really heroin addicts. And they their songs about fucking weren't like hot chick on the hood of a Camaro. Their songs about fucking were like, are, should these guys be in jail? Dude, don't even get me wrong. Don't even get me started about Appetite for Destruction, dude. When I heard fucking Welcome to the Jungle coming out over the radio, dude, I got scared. So you you see my point then. My point is that Appetite for Destruction, to me, was more, more what the fuck. And it wasn't just Welcome to the Jungle. It was also Paradise City and Night Train and Mr. Brownstone. It was like that whole thing. Ask me if I bought Appetite for Destruction on cassette and played it on my boombox every day. Did you buy Appetite for Destruction on cassette and play it on your boombox every day? The answer, sir, pray tell, if you must be so bold <laughs> to proffer, is of course. Dude, right. I was what I'm fucking saying. playing that shit and looking at that artwork of that fucking robot raping that chick. I know. Well, they had to put that on the inside because it was so scary. That's what they wanted for the Dude, cover. I was like, what the fuck am I? Are these guys, I had the same thing. I was like, did these guys just get out of jail? Are these guys yeah. in the crypts? It's truly dangerous shit. So and, scary. And they and what I like about it, and I, I tried to say all this in our argument, you know, but I come from the school of KISS. I come from the school of these sort of unassuming, unattractive, almost like life losers, which I've count myself as in a way, who pick themselves out of the muck and even though they weren't the Fabios of the world, they put on the makeup, they held a guitar, they wrote a couple of dumb rock songs, and they said, we are the biggest fucking band in the goddamn world. Except that they came out and started their show by saying, you wanted the best, you got the best. I love, They just self-proclaimed it. I love Kiss, dude. I love Kiss. And you've got, Gun- and you've got Guns N' Roses who came out and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to wear skin-tight leather goddamn pants morning, noon, night, and day and only shimmy them off to shove heroin in our toes. How about fucking Slash never showing his face once in his life? Nobody's ever seen his face. They were they wanted to be rock stars. They were rock stars, dude. And Kurt Cobain, to me, was he had an affectation of, I don't care if anyone likes my little darling, oh, well, whatever, never minds. I don't want to be the voice of a generation. Get off MTV. You're on MTV, dude. I, it, I, it blows my mind that like people who are nostalgic no, about dude. Kurt Cobain, dude, dude, they, dude, they, dude. they pretend like he wasn't calculated about all that. Dude, Kurt Cobain was on the junk, son. He was, sure. he was on the... Dude, and when you're on the junk, son? <laughs> dude, when you're on the junk, son, guess what you don't give a fuck about? Anything. Dude, you know what Eddie Vedder cared about? everything and you could see it in his face oh i'm really upset that there's some kid got shot in the school class i'm gonna write a song about it guess what fucking eddie better was right i mean guess what fucking kurt cobain was writing about nobody knows i'm a mosquito a mulatto i'm like what the fuck is he saying dude he didn't give a fuck dude that shit didn't make any sense rape me what are you saying you crazy fucking goddamn crazy fuck Dude, that shit was scary as shit. I want to eat your cancer until your heart turns black or whatever that song Dude. from Heart Shaped Box. Well, I, I'm a I'm a Nevermind mind. I, I don't I don't like Bleach. I don't like the next record. I like the Nevermind record, but not enough to buy it. But dude, 
when I would look at that dude, holy shit, dude. That dude, that was, that dude was on the junk, son. He was on the junk, son. Yeah, he was on junk. He was a junk head. But all of my favorite music is comes from junkies. That fucking, that last uh, Beatles record where John Lennon was on the junk. Oh my God, dude. It's the best. Let It Be? No, not Let It Be. Let It Be came out after they broke up. Abbey Road. Yeah, well, I didn't know if you meant the last chronologically. Yeah. Abbey Road was the last recorded record. Yes. Let It Be came out after that. Yeah. 69 and 70. Ugh. That record. Those songs when he's on the junk, son? Forget about it. Tom Waits, my favorite guy of all time, on the junk, son. James Taylor, on the junk, son. He was on heroin. How about him being a junkie and just writing these sweet little sort of New England, Boston there is an old cowboy who lives on the range. Anyone got any more fucking black tar heroin that I can shoot into my penis? Oh my God, dude. There's a song that they sing when they take to the highway. Give me the fucking smack, bitch. Where's the needle? Where's the fucking gacked me, out junk? Meanwhile, fucking Neil Young's writing the needle and the damage done. I don't think he ever did the junk. Milk blood to keep from running out. Where's the junk? I can't even imagine what his music would have been like if he'd have been on the junk. I think he just did a little drinking, a little pot smoking. He was part of that 60s Buffalo Springfield pot shit. Yeah. I don't know. I love Kurt Cobain. When he died, I remember exactly where I was. I remember when I heard it, it really, really made me sad. My brother was born the day that he died, and uh, we had a a relative who was a child of the 90s um, who believed that Kurt Cobain was reincarnated into my brother. That was a strange <laughs> conversation. <laughs> that's some Alabama shit, dude. Dude, that's so Al- that's more Alabama than Alabama. <laughs> like, they should just rename the state. What's your brother's name? Jacob. Just call it Jacob USA. Yeah, that was, I was 11. And that was a strange conversation for an 11 year old. This person was in their mid 20s and still lived at home and like to do drugs and listen to Nirvana. And, uh, you know, to them, to them, Kirk dying was like John Lennon dying. He was like a prophet for a lot of people. And I just, I just don't see it. I thought, I thought what I liked about Kurt, I thought he wrote some good songs, just like a lot of those knuckles, just like Chris Cornell did. I don't see that much of a differentiation between him and Chris Cornell. All right. Here's all right. Let me, all right. Let me, let me try to put it into words because I would, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it like this. The thing I liked about Kurt Cobain, the thing is the thing I liked about the thing I liked is is the thing I like about real rock and roll, which is it's scary and it does not give a fuck. Like when I come across that, when I get scared, that's what I want in rock and roll. When I look at Eddie Vedder, it doesn't the shit didn't scare me. Now he would do this shit where we'd climb up on the ceiling and stuff. That was pretty scary. And I'm like, okay. But he he's a he's like a athletic dude. I mean, he wasn't going to die doing that. But I uh, there was something to that, that that I admired. The fact that he but there was also something about that I found really stupid. But but with Kirk Cobain Cuz it was earnest. It was his earnestness. With with, with Kirk Cobain his fucking going on the cover of the Rolling Stone in a t-shirt that he just markered up. I'm like, that's rock and fucking roll. 
See, I think that's pretentious. No, dude, that's a dude who does not give a fuck. Dude, the dude who doesn't give a fuck doesn't go on the cover of Stolen Cover of Rolling Stone. He had to, dude. Then he had a giant machine backing him. And I think Kurt Cobain did heroin for the same reason I drank. Like I was scared and anxious and nervous. And so I drank and then all that went away and he had the same thing. And then when he shot up dope, all of that went away. And then that helps, that helps. And then you think, well, maybe if I become a giant rock and roll star, that'll help. And it helps for a second, but then you're just always left with yourself. And then you've done the heroin. You've, you have a kid, you're with this chick that you think you love. You've, you're on the top of the world and you're still just miserable. And you're fucking, there's no hope. There's nothing. And you're just, there's nothing. And it's just going to be the rest of your life is just going to be just a never ending pile of shit and you take a gun and you blow your brains out it's horrible awful yeah it's, it's awful. really sad i just i don't i, I but mean, i relate I, I relate to that because i've been there like there was a time in my life when i felt that same way right and i man i feel for that i just feel like the idea that it somehow legitimizes the work i feel like it it sort of the narrative is that all of that the tragedy of him leaving and by the way leaving so many fans like just leaving his family and leaving his kid. And and I get it. It had to have been really bad. I'm sure it was horrible. But the idea that that sad ending in a way legitimizes his work. I, I, I take issue with that. That's all. I know what it is to not give a fuck. And I know what it is to pretend to not give a fuck. And that motherfucker did not. Yeah, uh, uh. Dude, when you... What are the lyrics? Oh, the lyrics are, hey, uh, hey, 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 What? Yeah, those are the <laughs> lyrics. Can you tighten that up? Go fuck yourself. What? You're going to wear that for the cover of the... Yeah. Dude. I just feel like he did the same thing Eddie Vedder did. He wore, cl- he wore the clothes he liked to wear, and they turned it into a, a fashion statement. They did that with Pearl Jam, too. Dude, those guys look, just at wore, Eddie wore Vedder's, combat- look at Eddie Vedder's hair. That dude, <laughs> that dude had model, hair. He had the most beautiful hair in the world. He was a beautiful surfer boy from San Diego, man. Give him a break. He can't be anything other than what God made him. Dude, if Eddie Vedder shows up and he shaved his head and he looks like he just walked out of Auschwitz, I'm giving him way more cred. But he didn't. He had that beautiful hair. He's like, mm, Jeremy spoken. Go fuck yourself. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you whiny ass bitch. Well, I think as we wrap up here, this another blistering episode, by the way, I think we can <laughs> both the, agree. By the way, that's my hot take. I think for, we both by the way, agree. if 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 Eddie Fetter's a fan of the podcast, all of that was a joke, and I love your work. I think we can both agree that when it comes to entertainment podcasting, it doesn't get Eddie Vedder than this. Mm. That's some sweet, <laughs> sweet pun magic. <laughs> thank you for listening you can join us now on the secret weekly where we will go and who knows what we'll say there's no map and uh that's the joy and the beauty of it yeah unfortunately occasionally we get lost in the secret weekly and we can't find our way home and then we die and we have to eat each other right we eat each other after we die um we appreciate everyone out there who listens we'll see you on the flippity floppity 
Oh, wait, I wanted to say this here at the very end. I launched a Kickstarter for my new rock record called Going Supernova. There's like 25 more days to get it funded. It's like 70% funded. So all you basically do is you're pre-ordering the album so I can get it pressed on vinyl and help pay for the mixing and mastering. You can find that all over my socials if you you know where it is. It's on the internet, but it's a Kickstarter platform for my rock album, Going Supernova. So you go to kickstarter.com backslash I don't even know what... No, it's not. Just, just go look to Kickstarter up, and, and, and... Yeah, or look up my Instagram. It's all there. And not only that, but you get an acoustic EP that I made. You immediately get that. It's been mixed, mastered, and everything. It's completely done. These are all songs that were written in the song game with Bob. People will find that interesting. So if you like what I do out there, uh, you can support my Kickstarter and help me make this awesome record. So appreciate anyone who's already done. I know a lot of our people have already done that. So Get that gold, baby. Get that Clint Wells gold. Get that gold, baby. All right. Peace. All right. Bye. (laughs) 